Welcome to The Cheerleading Junkie. I'm your host, Jill Markley. Let's face it, parents are a crucial part of cheer and absolutely need a seat at the table. So today, I'm very excited to be speaking to Shereen Michelli. Shereen has had some involvement in cheer as an athlete, coach, and coordinator for her local AYF league, but now she's settled into the role of parent, and her insights on behalf of cheer moms everywhere are important for us as coaches and gym owners to hear. Welcome, Shereen. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Shereen, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, family, work, cheer, that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. So I am a mom. I have a 16-year-old daughter and a six-month-old, so that's fun because somebody's always crying in that house, and it's usually (laughs) me. Um, I have been married to my amazing husband, Steve, for almost two years, and I did dabble into the cheerleading world when I was in middle school and um, high school, but back in the olden days, like, it's completely different. It's not as competitive as it is now, Um, so that was really something interesting to see when uh, my daughter started cheerleading. Cool. So... Uh, Part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show is that I really want to make sure we're giving parents an equal voice. And I know a lot of times throughout my career as a coach, I've heard I've had parents come to me with things that they don't understand about cheer or they want to learn more about. Do you have anything like that that you'd be interested in discussing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest things for me to understand is kind of like what a coach's mindset is where when they're placing children on teams, um, I'd also like to kind of know why when something falls, like how does that like actually make or break the routine and then why does another team beat us if they have a fall also yeah those are great questions um so i'm going to do the easier one first which is the when somebody falls what happens right so basically the score sheet has multiple sections in it and this is something i have to tell my athletes all the time too so if a stunt falls of course you're going to take a hit um and depending on what level you're competing at whether it's you know Pop Warner, high school, or all-stars, the hit you can take can can make or break you. But if you excel in the other areas of the score sheets, for example, you have no touchouts and tumbling, um, and you're kind of maxing out all the elite skills there, and you dance is on point, and you have high energy and stuff, you usually can get a little bit more. So a lot of it is just understanding all the different components that go into a score sheet. It's actually really complicated, too. Um, in fact, one of the easiest ones is high school because it's really just got four sections, but you know, there's so many different parts of it that make it really challenging. But then when it comes to tryouts and placing athletes on a team, that's, um, probably one of the hardest things that I think we do as coaches, right? So in my high school program, for example, I have a JV team and a varsity team. And so when we try the kids out, um, we we do it with the intention that we don't cut anyone, that we're going to keep everybody. We're kind of sorting where they need to go. And when we sort for our varsity team, you know, we're obviously looking for a standard set of skills. And then once we achieve those skills, say everybody who tries out has a standing talk or something like that, which would be my dream come true, but it doesn't always happen. (laughs) But um, then we're sort of fitting roles. So if I have, for example, you know, everyone with a standing talk is a flyer, well, I can't have a team of all flyers and no bases. So then we've kind of got to sort for who's going to base this then or who's the best back spot and things like that. So it's it's actually really complicated complicated the way that I do it I guess because it's not just about a straight do you have the highest level of skill it's what is your skill level what is the team need you know what mm-hmm. role do we need to fill at that particular time so it it is kind of complicated I also think some coaches 
will staff their team based on say grade levels I you know I've run into some coaches in the past who will put all their freshmen and sophomores on their JV team and all their juniors and seniors on their varsity team and then figure out who competes from there Uh, I've just never done it that way myself but um, a lot of people I think do that too I hope that was helpful no that really was um Okay, so another question I have is, like, the cost of cheerleading. Um, and there seems to be, like, a really big difference when it comes to all-stars and high school. So, like, what do – what is, when they're fundraising, like, what do those costs, like, cover? And um, why is there such a difference? Yeah, that's actually a great question. And um, something that I think as both a gym owner and a high school coach is that there isn't always a lot of transparency either to the parents as far as what we're raising. And that's something I'm trying to personally address in my own gym and program. But for basically every cheer team wants to hire a choreographer and those fees range between $2,000 to $5,000 per routine. And then you need professional music, which is again, $1,000 or more per team um, and bows and, and different things like that. So those are all kind of team fees and we cut them up and divide them amongst how many we assume to be on the team because everybody needs to know how much they're going to pay before the season starts. So you're kind of like mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, there's also the cost, like in high school, there's camp costs and there's camp wear or practice wear expenses, you know, all of those kind of things. In all stars, it's different too, because there's a cost to compete at every single competition. And so some competitions are charging up to like, you know, $150, $200 per athlete per competition, which wow. is really where a lot of the fees come in. Well, I didn't realize. Yeah, it's super expensive. So, you know, if you go look at... Um, Actually, I was looking at doing Encore this weekend because they're coming up live again, which is so nice to have in-person comps, but it was like something like $165 per athlete. And I'm just not, you know, at this time going to pay that or ask my parents to cough up the money to pay that. Um, So those are some of the fees that I think are in the industry that people don't understand that need to come down. And for every competition, too, that we send coaches to, there's usually a coach's fee as well for the coaches to come in. So, for example, my um, minis team is uh, I coach it and my daughter Nessa assists me. And then I have helpers, which, you know, everybody likes to have some of the cheerleaders in their gym help support their youngest teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But for competition that we're doing in two weeks, if I were to bring all of them with me as coaches behind the curtains, it would cost me $50 per coach after two wow yeah so I mean it's a lot to take on um it's very expensive this sport and I don't think it needs to be um but I do think that parents have a right to kind of see all these fees that they're being charged for and just get more transparency understand what you're what it is you're you're being paid for because we do ask for it at the front of the season usually right yeah yeah so that's kind of I think where the question comes in it's like okay where is all this money going to and there is no like real breakdown so I think it's really interesting to hear that like choreography costs that much and you know I didn't realize you had to pay $50 for per person after two like that's completely insane um (laughs) actually um Shereen as a parent I was kind of curious because none of my parents have ever asked me about you know background checking my coaches or anything like that so do you ever think about that like do you ever have any concerns about who we're bringing into the gym from a coaching perspective you know what um, so no, I actually haven't thought about that because I know your character and I know who you are so that I know you're only bringing safe people around um, our children. 
but it is actually that's actually a great point um so you guys do background checks and so how do you keep the kids safe and especially with like an all-star comp there's a lot of people walking around all the time so how do you keep them safe yeah that's a great question so um we do it in a multiple of ways so our governing body i guess for all-stars requires everyone to go through a back background check it's a green light check and so um, you know, and the coaches kind of have to do that independently. So they go and fill out a form and, you know, runs all their background checks and they get that information private. And all I get back, say, is a green light or a red light or whatever. So mm -hmm. I know if I can move forward with that coach. So that's kind of one way. Um, we do interview just like every other job. You know, you try to run reference checks. And I try to make sure I know everybody, um, too, that I'm bringing into my gym. And I also try to make sure I'm growing you know, like I'm building my staff from people I know, like I said, but also people who have cheered for me in the past. So I, I know who they are and I kind of have a better insight into who they are. But we've all run into some scary situations, I'm sure. And in the high school, um, it's a little bit more. We do the Corey check. We have to pass a physical and then we have to be fingerprinted and all of that. So we are running background checks on people and trying to catch everything. Now, an all-star comp, or high school comp, you're right, there's tons of people that come in there. And so it can be a little bit trickier to keep them safe. So one thing that we do, I know our gym, we probably seem like a little bit nutty. And like my daughter, Nessa, I know is very strict about, you know, um, what time the kids get dropped off to her, and then who's allowed to have contact with her and the kids during that period of time. And then, you know, when she releases them, she doesn't just let them go, even if one of them says, oh, I see my mom down the hallway, mm -hmm. you know, like mom's got to come to her and get the kid. That's kind of one way that we deal with it. I'm sure, like I said, it's not always popular, I think. Um, <laughs> some of the parents maybe don't like it, but it's done with safety in mind, you know, and even like my minis, when they leave the gym, you know, I personally walk them out myself. You know, I make sure I recognize the person that's picking them up and I, you know, personally hand them over so that I know where they're going. Mm -hmm. But once the kids get a little bit older and they're in like 16 and, and over, I mean, it's you kind of got to just trust that they are also now capable of making good decisions. Oh, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Netflix had the cheer show that, you know, everybody watched and loved and you know, here we are now. Jerry, the cheerleader, um, has this huge story out where he's, you know, did some inappropriate things. Um, what is that like? What kind of effect has that had, like in like the all-star community with you? Like, what, like what, what ran through your mind? Yeah. So for me, um, I mean, I think in the all-star community, in a way, it like rocked us, and then in a way, it was like. Everybody kind of nodded like, yeah, this stuff goes on and it needs to be stopped. Um, and the sad part of that is there are probably too many stories where, you know, you can nod and go, yep, I've heard of something like that before. Um, so that's kind of scary. But um, for me personally, it, it just, I don't know, it reminds me that you need that awareness of not only who your staff is, but who are your athletes, you know. And I've known, well, there's at least a couple of athletes I have in mind that I wouldn't welcome into my gym because I, I think of them as maybe toxic or maybe problematic in some way that might hurt another child or, you know, cause something like that. So you do kind of look at that. And I actually also my high school team do the same thing. Oh, wow. You know, so if I identify a kid that I think has toxic or might um, hurt someone else bullying or something like that, I actually go to the AD and let them know that that child's not going to be allowed to try out or if they do try out they're not going to be allowed to make it onto the team so that you know you got to protect the kids as best you can yeah no that's fantastic yeah 
All right. Well, so hopefully, you know, this gave you some insight from, you know, where we're coming from and how we make decisions. And certainly um, I am Shireen's daughter's coach. So certainly, you know, I welcome questions like that, you know, at any point in time. And I try to make myself available to my parents. Oh, my gosh, probably way too much. (laughs) Um, And I try to answer these questions. But definitely, you know, do that with your own coaches and things like that if you can. But now I'd like to kind of turn the table on you and just ask you a few questions about being a parent in cheer so we can get a better understanding of that. All right. So what's it been like as a parent deciding to send your daughter to cheer amidst the pandemic? Because I know that Ken's, you know, she did it and then she stopped for a little while and then she came back and stuff. So how Mm -hmm. are you making these decisions? Like, how hard is this? So I think for any parent, it's really hard during a pandemic because there's just so much unknown. I think with Mackenzie's case, it is a little bit different um, because of her heart condition. So I have to outweigh the risk. Um, So when we started and stopped um, and she was like, mom, I really wanna go back. I really wanna go back. I ended up calling her cardiology team and I asked them the simple question of, does she have a higher risk because she's a cardiac patient? And you know, with so much unknown, they said her risk at this time is still the same. So to me, it was more important for her mental health and for her to be able to socialize and be where she was happy with all the negative of COVID that I felt like that was very important for her to be able to go and be with her friends and be able to continue with her skills and honestly get her out of the house, right? She's in the house all day. She's in school all day, in home all day. So it's, it was just one outlet for her to be able to like just be her. Yeah, for sure. Normalcy has been so hard to find this year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So something that I struggle with as a coach and gym owner is fundraisers, right? Like, I hate doing them, to be honest, from my perspective. They're a nightmare. There's so much overhead. Um, It's just, like, so much extra work for me. So, like, what do you think about that as a parent, knowing the cost of, of cheer? Like, is there a particular number you think I should do or...? To be honest, I really don't like them either um, <laughs> for being 100% awesome. Well, what am I awesome. doing them for? <laughs> uh, um, although, like, so for me, I love the themed ones, like, with the season. So, like, I know we participated in the wreath one because I'm going to buy a wreath anyway. So why not support that? Um, I'm going to buy a pie for Thanksgiving because I don't bake or cook. So I we, we bought a pie. Um, so I think having, like, themed ones like that are good. Um, it, it's really hard for me because I feel like, with so many fundraisers, you can only ask the same people so many times. So I think we've run out of people to ask. Um, but my favorite fundraisers were honestly when the kids were back in school and they were doing the candy bars. That was my favorite because yeah. everybody loves candy. And the canning that we used to do um, for high school, those were probably my favorite ones um, for a couple of reasons. One, she had to work for it, right? It's, yeah. it's not cheap. And um but it was also show, giving, showing her some values and, like, able to, like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to work for. But I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I don't love the fundraisers either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Maybe I'm going to question my philosophy there about even offering them. I just know some people, it seems like they rely on them. But then I'll have some people who I feel like they don't fundraise and they're struggling to pay. And I don't understand if yeah. I'm doing it wrong or, you know. No, I think it just might be their choice for not doing it. So yeah. maybe not have so many maybe just one one a quarter maybe or a couple quarter yeah maybe that's a good idea I'll definitely have to consider that um so your daughter uh does both all-stars and high school do you prefer one over the other 
Um, so last year was our last year was our first year with All Stars. Um, I think. Now I can't remember. But um, I I think I like both of them for different reasons. Um, I really like the All-Stars for, like, the show effect. Like, I love the lights. I yeah. And I think it's important that the kids are, like, under the lights and um, the background. And it's just a different environment. Um, but I also love high school because I feel like um, – you know, she's representing the school and she's an athlete and, you know, these kids work really hard. So, yeah. you know, I, I just don't think they get enough credit when with the high school cheer um, because these are probably some of the hardest working athletes I've ever <laughs> yeah. encountered. <laughs> yes, um, So I really don't have a favorite, um, but I'm happy that we are going to have a live comp. It's, I'm excited for that um, and excited to see what they've been working on. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just, this virtual comp. It's for the birds, man. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't see it. I hate it. Um, all right. So another kind of question about competition, though, is that generally coaches don't sit in the crowd and watch. I mean, sometimes we do, but usually I think we don't. So is there anything that happens in the crowd that you wish the coaches knew about or would address or anything like that? I mean, I don't think so when it comes to the parents. I think maybe I'm just a little probably just a little different um because my favorite part of watching the comp outside of watching the kids is watching your face and your actions (laughs) because um when you get excited when they hit a stunt when you get that excited i'm then i know that like they've been working really hard they might have not been able to hit it for a while and just the passion you show and that you're so proud of them is kind of like what i watch um the other big thing that i've seen you know is sometimes it's when other parents are like watching, probably should just see where they're sitting <laughs> because sometimes they're like not being very nice people. Um, but that's really nothing outside of your control. But I think for me, it's like really just watching the coaches' reactions and then how proud of the kids that they are. Um, because I mean, these kids work so hard for like two minutes and thirty seconds. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And it's it's really interesting because you know in basketball or football, if somebody gets hurt, like you just put somebody else in and you might not, you can't do that with cheer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind know. of, you know, so that's why I think it's just, it's so different. Yeah, it definitely. I know there's a lot of videos of crazy coaches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I've had some reactions myself. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I love your reactions. Yeah. But it is kind of a good point um, about people in the crowd. I know we had um, kind of interesting. One of my parents told me that a cheerleader from another team was sitting in front of them and like we missed a part of our pyramid or something like that and so these cheerleaders were in their uniforms were like making fun of our team for missing our pyramid um and then we ended up beating them and we beat them every time consistently Mm -hmm. you know throughout the rest of the season and stuff in high school and but us as a team it was like so motivating to be like hey this is the girls that make fun of us for missing our pyramid, you know, and then we'd go out and kill them. So I guess in a way I appreciated the help (laughs) motivating my team, but um, you're right. You really should watch what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I try to caution my parents to, to avoid things like, you know, don't cheer when somebody else falls or when something goes wrong. That's not how we win. You know, we win because we execute well and, you know, not because somebody else does not. So, but on the whole, are you glad that your daughter's chosen cheer over another sport? Yes. Um, I mean, she did dance for a little bit, and then she did softball for a, l- a hot minute. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that was quickly ended. I do, um, because I feel like, and I'm not sure if all coaches are like this, but with you and your program, when it comes to either All-Stars or 
high school, you're not just teaching them things for cheerleading, but you're teaching them like life lessons and values. And as you and I know, Mackenzie's been very sensitive at times and <laughs> she has completely, I feel like grown from that and you've even recognized that. Um, and again, you know, being 16, she's had some communication issues and she's really working on learning that. So it's not just the things you're teaching them, like, you know, how to do a stunt, but you're actually teaching them life lessons that they're going to need when they go get a job or, you know, go interview for a college or things like that. So I'm really happy. Um, and I'm really like blessed that we were able to like have such a great and a strong coaching team. And, um, she loves being part of SAS. Yeah. Yeah. We love having her and you're right. She has grown a lot this year, but I think in general too, like one of the things I like about cheerleading as a coach is that every single person on the mat matters, you Mm -hmm. know? So like your point about, you know, some, kid is like you know I don't know not pitching great that day or twists his ankle or something you can just make a swap we don't we can't make a swap and so part of the life lessons are you know understanding that this entire group of people is relying on you to do what you need to do Mm -hmm. outside of the gym inside the gym you know be responsible and all of your actions really impact the rest of us and I think for you know like that on its own is just such a I don't know maybe it's a lot of pressure but it's important to learn it, you know, that, that your actions matter. And I think it's important to feel valued. Like, at least in my program, none of my cheerleaders, I hope, feel like they're, mm-hmm. you know, not as important as the next one because, you know, I don't feel that way about them, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I also think that um, I think parents also, when they decide that their kids are going to go to cheerleading, even at a young age as like Pop Warner, um, it's a commitment. So mm-hmm. it's not a commitment just for the athlete, but it also is for the parent, especially if you are the person that's bringing them back and forth. Um, and you have to understand that, again, it's not like this, it's not like a sport like basketball or baseball because if Mackenzie's not here, and that whole stunt can't do anything. Right. So it's really important to make sure that, like, you know, that their kids are there. Um, and it's it can be hard. It's been kind of hard with COVID, right? I mean, so hard with COVID. I don't this even year. know if you've had a full t- full team practice. We only, I think, started having regular full team practices a couple weeks ago. But um, honestly, you know, in the past, we, I think, I'd say to kids like, you know, if you're throwing up, bring a bucket. You know, like <laughs> you're coming to practice, even if it's just to watch. But now, if they have a sniffle, we have to make them stay home. So you know, it's it's definitely been quite different. But I think you're right. It is a huge commitment for parents, and I know. You know, some parents have gotten somewhat irritated at me. So, like, say they drop their kid off late for practice or something like that, and I make that kid do whatever as a consequence for being late, and then the parent will get irritated with me. But I always tell the parent, like, you can do the work then if it's your fault. You know, Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, you have three kids and somewhere else to go and other things to do, but you and your child committed to this. So you and your child, Mm -hmm. these are the rules, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, back to like life lessons, Mackenzie won't let us go anywhere 15 minutes. Like we have to be 15 minutes early because that's your rule. Right. And because if you're on time, you're late. So we are constantly 15 minutes early because (laughs) that's a good thing. (laughs) I think. Yep. Yeah. That's the rule, right? If you're Mm -hmm. early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're later than that, then don't come. Yeah. That's my rule. (laughs) Yep. For sure. Yeah. And um, I think that that's, I don't know, cheerleading really does have so much to offer. I really like that too. They have to be, 
it, it's full body workout, so they have to be strong, they have to be flexible, they have to be able to tumble, they have to be, you know, all these other things, and then they have to keep their hair perfect and their makeup on point, you mm-hmm. know, no sweating allowed, like, and you got to make it look easy, so... I think kudos to all the kids who try it, you know, and are successful at it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as you know, Mackenzie is probably never, ever, ever going to tumble in her life. Um, So as a coach, like, is that something that is super important to you for your team? Or is that something that you can work with if, you know, they've got other things? Or how do you guys, like, decide, like, work with that? Yeah, that's a good question. So... I mean, every coach is going to tell you that they want every single athlete to tumble every single day. Um, But the reality is there are some kids who are talented cheerleaders and not necessarily tumblers. So the score sheet's designed with um, kind of a metric in mind. So you have a a quantity of the most, you know, and then the majority, that kind of thing. So on my team of, say, 15, I need like nine to tumble. Mm -hmm. So if your kid is really talented as a bass or a dancer or something like that it doesn't necessarily just qualify them as long as I've got those other spots filled but yeah it's kind of you know it's a challenge I'm sure it's hard for kids (laughs) especially I find because some kids who want to pick up cheerleading a little bit later like they're a little bit older um they're just getting into high school or something like that and they decided today's the day to try cheerleading (laughs) they usually don't have tumbling skills and it's scary at that age to start you know, throwing yourself backwards over your head, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So it can be a real challenge um, for those kids to to try to learn it so fast. And that's why I, I personally try to take that pressure off them, um, you know, now. And even now, like on my open team, I have, I think, four people, including Mackenzie, who are not tumblers. And I don't think they're ever going to be tumblers, but right. they're maybe the best bases I've ever worked with. So it doesn't really matter to me and they know it, you mm-hmm. know, and I just give them different things to do when the rest of the team is working on tumbling because it's just, it's just not something that they're cut out for at this point in their lives, yeah. you know? <laughs> yep. So. Cool. cool. All right. Well, thank you, Shireen. I really appreciate you coming in and sort of representing such a large group of people. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't so easy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Anytime.